0: You think Michael Parsons got a real shot at MVP this year?
1: Yo, he has. He has had a shot at it, man. I mean, the way that he's absolutely just wrecking every play on defense. And, I mean, dog, like, he is just so explosive. Every single play he's back there, he's disrupting, he's doing something. So, yes, I think he has to be at least in that conversation now, man. I mean, he has to be one of those defenders that... You know, it actually needs to be in the conversation for once, like that one year when J.J. Watt had over 20 sacks or whatever, Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, like that sort of year. I think that that's exactly what we're going to continue to get from Michael Parsons, man. He's an absolute beast.
0: The Cowboys look crazy this year, and I know over the past few years, they've always kind of had a good roster, Uh, but this defense looks like it's top of the league, and the offense actually doesn't look too bad either, Dugo.
1: Oh man. No oh, man. I mean, we we're talking before this and we we're talking about one of the receivers that I have on my uh redraft team this year, and that's C D Lamb. I love C D. Bro, this guy is crazy. I had this guy, I believe, when he was a rookie, and I mean he definitely showed out for me, and so I've always had some respect for this cat. But I mean, when you're going against some of the top DBs in the league, one being Sauce Gardner, who everyone thought highly going into this year. And I think he only had, like, two or so targets against Sauce. But the sheer fact that the rest of that defense is very, very good. And he goes for 140 yards, I believe, and I think also a touchdown. Maybe not the touchdown, but I know he had, like, 11 catches, which I believe was a career high. Yeah. So, I mean, like, it's just one of those things where CD Lamb absolutely ripped it apart. And if there's something that I'm going to kind of stand on this year, it's the fact that I was able to call that Mike McCarthy keys on his exes. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't shy away. Even when you think you're keen on the guy, he's going to get him open.
0: And a Mike McCarthy West Coast offense, we saw Jordy Nelson have, you know, a great career. We saw Devonte Adams develop into Devonte Adams of now,
1: dude. Even James Jones, when he was like the only receiver on that team, he even put up crazy numbers some games.
0: The X and Mike McCarthy systems usually work, and CD Lamb has been getting a lot of work. And bringing it back to uh, to statistics and metrics and things like that, he's actually having an incredible year, gang. Uh, CD Lamb is actually number one amongst wide receivers in the NFL in yards per target. He is number five, I want to say, in terms of like target premium. Um, which is just, you know, kind of rating how good these targets are. He's fourth in yards per route run. This dude is eighth in Yak. He is having an amazing year. He had an amazing game against that Jets defense. And honestly, Brandon Cooks hasn't really done much this year, Dugo.
1: Well, he was out with a knee this past week, but I believe all signs are showing that he's going to be ready for this week ahead.
0: Mm -hmm. Uh, Michael Gallup in two games has also kind of been a little slow. He has. has. Two catches in two games, so... You know they're still working on tight ends and getting Hendershot and getting Ferguson to go out there and substitute what Dalton Schultz put out there.
1: Ferguson had a tardy this weekend, but he did it on, I think he only had like 11 yards or something, so mm-hmm. it's one of those things where, I mean, there's you can see that they're starting to try to integrate this guy into the system, but yeah. it's just very little yardage stuff, and I'm hoping that I mean, I own this guy in uh, our Dynasty League, mm-hmm. and yeah, like, I, I hope that this guy actually can pop out this year just because, I mean, all, all signs are showing that, especially with Dak talking about it earlier this year. I'm, I'm just excited for the kid. I just, I really am.
0: Yep. And just a quick, you know, stat recap on Jake Ferguson this season so far. He's played two games as the tight end one, and as Dugo says, he's getting receptions. So he has five catches through two games, but he only has 22 yards, which is about, you know, four yards of cash, pretty right. short stuff. So you're open on touchdown. Pollard is a dog. He is maybe the focal point of the offense. I think he's playing better than most of us could have even imagined.
1: Yeah, especially coming off that angle, dude. I just, I was so, so scared of giving him any shot at doing what he was doing last year again. Yep. But I mean... Last week, he definitely proved me wrong. This week, he's doing it again, man. I mean, it's just crazy. I just hope that he's able to keep going strong because if he were to go down, there's not really much depth in that uh, running back room.
0: No, no. You have guys like, uh, I think it's Rico Dowdle.
1: Yeah, Rico, then he also got Hughes uh, Yep. Yeah, it's just not a very, you know, like, great group back there. So, I mean, as long as he can stay healthy, man, that's that's all that matters. But, yeah, man, I'm excited that he's uh, – it looks like he's back to 100% even with that ankle, so good for him.
0: Tony Pollard could have a big game this week. Uh, they play on Thursday n- – or they don't play on Thursday night. They play on Sunday, but they play the Cardinals. Uh, so Tony, P- Tony Pollard gets the Cardinals this week, a game the Cowboys should win. Win by a lot potentially. Yeah. And uh, he could, you know, get a lot of work this week as well. So
1: Other- I don't want to, I don't want to interrupt you, but let's. I want to ask you about someone that's actually on the Cardinals. I've been thinking about this guy a lot this week, and it's James Counter. So James Counter going against his defense, like, I'm a little hesitant to scare or to get <clears> – <throat> I'm a little hesitant to start him just because he's going against his defense who has shown to shut down literally everything. And when you have an offense that's as one-dimensional as that Cardinals offense is, it seems like, I just don't know how well he's going to do. Like, I feel like he's going to get shut down, maybe get five points. Do you think he's startable this week, or do you think he has to kind of ride the bench?
0: Um, It's tough. It's tough because the Cowboys' defense is better than the Giants' defense, and I think it's better than the Commanders' defense as well. By far. But the thing with the Cardinals is I feel like they want to play hard-nosed football. They've been playing good, Dugo, this season. I mean, they've lost some games late. You know, they have Joshua Dobbs at quarterback, so... You're really trying to squeeze every drop of Josh Dobbs that you can get. But I think James Conner has to be the focal point for them to have any success. And with Rich Gannon coming from the defensive side of the ball, I'm assuming, you know what I'm saying? Like they want to have a downhill physical football team, which they've kind of shown. So, I mean, James Conner, he's cool. Y'all know I hyped him up before the season. He's somebody that has performed pretty well. Uh, Right now, James Conner's RB13 in fantasy football. He has five catches throughout the two games. Only eight yards. Uh, but he does have 37 rush attempts for um, north of 160 yards. So, you know, 80 yards on the ground per game. He's somebody that I think could go out there, get you maybe 15 to 18 carries, but it's going to be low yards per carry. Right. Maybe two and a half to three yards. He might be good for 50 yards. And if you're lucky, a touchdown. Um, I, so
1: you're saying his cap this week is probably going to be around like 11, 12 points?
0: I think that would be a safe projection, assuming he gets receiving work if they get down.
1: Right. Right, I just I don't know, man. I'm a little hesitant because I mean I don't want to be flaunting anything, but I have this guy in Dynasty, and it's just one of those things where I'm a little deep at running back there, and I have some other wide receivers that I can you know throw into a flex spot. It's just one of those things to where like I'm just a little hesitant just because I mean like they have some deep threats, but I mean you can't really keep the Cardinals honest. I mean they're gonna do what they're gonna do, and it's what you saw against the Giants last week is try to uh, pound the ball you know, up the middle and hope to God that James Conner can make something work.
0: Yo, quick note, uh, Marquise Brown, who I think we both were kind of maybe down on. Yeah, season, He's actually wide receiver 33 right now, and he just had a big game in week two against the Giants. Uh, He got 10 targets. He's been targeted 15 times in the two games by Josh Dobbs. And I mean, last game, he had a 22-yard reception. He caught six of his 10 targets, and he had a touchdown. Shit, dude. I mean, what do you think he does against Dallas, who they might get down against?
1: I mean, you can only hope that he can, you know, pop off or at least get one really big catch. But it's gonna be hard, just because I mean, when you look at that, you know, Cowboys secondary where they have Trayvon Diggs, Stephen Gilmore or Stefan Gilmore. Yeah. I mean, it's a very tough secondary, so it's just gonna be, you know, I, I don't, I'm not expecting much, dude. Like, if I'm gonna be honest, I bet that Dan uh dan quinn or whoever the defensive coordinator is i bet he has some sort of incentive to where he gets shutouts and i could very well see him trying to get that second shutout this year
0: so when you kind of look at the cowboys defense just kind of what i've seen over the last you know couple of weeks they run like hybrid fronts so they typically have four defensive linemen and they'll add like another stand-up guy on either side of the line who is typically micah yep who's typically micah who's a freak and who can you know i'm saying like do those things And so they play a hybrid front and they typically have single high coverage, right? So they're crowding the line of scrimmage. They have one-on-one coverage on the outside. And Marquise Brown, he may not be the biggest receiver on the field. He may not always win at the, you know what I'm saying, like at the height of the catch point. But if you put him against single man high coverage and he's a burner, you would hope that he gets one or two big catches, especially once again. In a game, they might be trailing by early, right? They might they might have to toss it up for, you know, three straight quarters to go.
1: Right, and so, like, that's just another concern of mine with James Conner. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, one thing I will add, though, how great has this uh, Dallas Cowboys defense been, though? I believe if you look at their numbers, I think they're the third highest scorer in fantasy this year so far.
0: Yeah, they're fucking incredible, dude.
1: Unbelievable.
0: Dan Quinn has his offense, or I'm sorry, he has the defense going crazy. And you know, they pretty much shut down that Jets offense, which I kinda wanted to touch on quickly too. Yep. Uh we know Zach Wilson's gonna be the quarterback there for a little bit. And Garrett Wilson, um, as a result, has been someone who I've downgraded. I never really got your opinion on Garrett Wilson with uh with Zach instead of Aaron.
1: Yeah, man, I definitely downgrade him, man. I mean, one thing that we saw at least that first game is, you know, Garrett Wilson can definitely make some special things happen. But when we were going into the season, when we were thinking about how great he was going to be, being able to, you know, have that relationship with Rodgers over the summer, catching all those back shoulder catches. Mm -hmm. And then now you're downgrade or now you're going to a quarterback who is, I mean, let's just call it a a buck a buck. Uh, He's just so much worse. Yeah. So it's just hard to say that it's the same. He's going to be getting the same numbers because he's not. I mean, we saw it in this first week or this first week without zero Rogers. I mean, I forgot what he got exactly for points, but I won't lie. I wasn't really reading about his name in the Monday paper or anything. It wasn't anything to really look at into. I mean, it was just one of those things where it just made sense. Like when you're going from Rogers to Zach Wilson, As much as you have so much faith in Garrett Wilson, it's it's just kind of dirty because he's not a great quarterback, and you know he's not going to be getting as many quality targets.
0: Yeah, Garrett Wilson is a special player. He's a special receiver. I call him Justin Jefferson Light. I thought he was in for a crazy year. And to be honest, I mean, he scored a touchdown in the first two games, which has kind of saved his performances. Uh, For reference, last week against the Cowboys, Garrett Wilson only had two catches, but one of those two catches was a 68-yard catch and run. Uh, for a touchdown in the second quarter. But, I mean, outside of that one big play, he only had one other catch coming from Zach Wilson. Right. And, I mean, to Zach Wilson's credit, he's played the Buffalo Bills defense and the Cowboys defense, which are two of the best defenses in the NFL against the pass. And he has New England coming up. So the first three weeks have been tough. But after that, he gets Kansas City. He gets Denver. He gets New York after the bye. Um, and they get some easier matchups. And I do think that Garrett Wilson is going to find a way into the end zone because that offense could get behind. He's really tough to project, man. He's wide receiver 15 right now. If I had to project what he finishes as in the year, I think he's a top 24 receiver.
1: I'm going to, like, I don't want to be that guy, but I feel like with this downgrade in quarterback, I kind of put him in the same area as I have George Pickens. Really? Yeah, dude. I mean, I also think that George Pickens showed us something special last night during that Monday night game going off for, I believe, those 21 or so points. But it's just one of those things to where if I'm going to just call a buck a buck, I feel like they're both going to be getting the same same amount of quality targets. And I just feel like at the end of the day, they can both make plays. It's just depending on, you know, like the circumstances at the time. So I just feel like at the end of the day, they can end up about the same. Because, I mean, as of right now, Deontay Johnson, I'm, I think he might have went to IR. I'm not 100% sure about that. But George Pickens is going to be the one on that offense. The far away, I had the one on this offense for a couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. And so I just feel like at least for then, George Pickens is going to be able to obviously show the world who he is. I mean, he just did in Monday Night Football. But I just feel like it's going to be a recurring thing that I just feel like he's going to end up being the one even when Deontay Johnson gets
0: back. How do you feel about Kenny Pickett as a quarterback for fantasy purposes?
1: It's not amazing. It's not amazing. I definitely think that that last couple weeks of the season last year gave us a kind of warm, fuzzy feeling about him going into this year. Mm -hmm. But the first two weeks haven't looked great. Mm -hmm. I mean, he hit Pickens on, I believe it was like a 70-yard catch and uh, run. I believe the throw was uh, – it was a very nice I, – I think it was a cross route. I'm not 100% sure. I can't remember exactly. It was about 30 yards, though, so it was right on the money. George Pickens made a couple people miss and took it to the house, though. So I just feel like that connection can be one of those things that we see throughout the year just because – I mean, I've talked about my boy, uh, George Pickens, before. I think he's just a freak out there. I think he can do some crazy stuff. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like at the end of the day – if Pickens is going to find someone, it's going to be him.
0: Yeah, I like Pickens a lot, and right now he's ranked as wide receiver 19. You compared him uh, saying that he's in kind of the same category as Wilson, yep. and Garrett Wilson is wide receiver 15 so far. So, I mean, I think Garrett Wilson with Aaron Rodgers, as much as y'all are at home saying how talented Garrett Wilson is and You know what he could become. You talk you talk about Zach Wilson. That's a major downgrade.
1: Yeah, dude. It just hinders his performance. It hinders the whole offense's performance. It's just not the same.
0: Like I like Garrett Wilson as a prospect, maybe more than I like George Pickens. Yes,
1: I will say that.
0: Yeah. But Pickens, even with a Kenny Pickett who doesn't really throw the ball like down the field too often, at least Kenny Pickett is accurate at some part of the field. Uh Zach Wilson has kind of always struggled with just simply getting the ball to people like he just he just throws a ton of picks he makes a lot of bad decisions
1: yeah I just think it's just different processing I think that they both have I mean like you can look at their mechanics and everything with Zach Wilson kind of pick it Yeah, nothing's really going to blow you off the charts, if I'm going to be honest. Nothing. (laughs) One thing I'll say is I just think that Kenny Pickett processes the game a little bit better. So that just leads to George Pickens getting easier catches and stuff like that, in my opinion, from what I've seen.
0: Pickett gets the balls to his guys. He doesn't give them a ton of air yards. He doesn't really like lead them down the field all too often. Mm -hmm. But compared to Zach Wilson, Pickin. Pickens will at least get the ball, right? Right. Like Pickett will at least get the ball to George Pickens, even if it's in short yardage. And then George Pickens will have the opportunity to catch and run and do whatever he can do after the catch. Yeah, I agree. Garrett Wilson just, he had two catches last game. One happened to be a big, you know, play on a a broken defensive play. But I mean, he's just not going to get the volume. And so that's kind of where they even out at. Jalen Warren is another guy who I think is actually a little bit overrated. You think a little overrated? He's a little overrated, man. I don't know what he does special.
1: Honestly, dude, I felt like he did something special this past, or even on Monday. I just felt like Najee wasn't really giving him a lot of go or anything. You bring in Jalen Warren, he's able to get you some PPR, especially some yak out of the backfield. I just felt like it was a little spark that they needed. Dude, that's where Jalen Warren
0: shines at, too. Yeah. Because he has nine receptions in the first two games.
1: Yeah, I think that if you're looking for a good flex spot out there, guys, I think that you might have found one with Jalen Warren. I think right now he's within the top 30 running backs as well. So I think that right now, it's a special time to go get them. If you can go grab you know, for something cheap, I'd recommend it just because I just don't think Najee's going to be getting it done. And if they're going to be down early, and if they can find a good PPR back and a good back who can get them yards after the catch with Jalen Warren, I think he's going to be out there more often than what we think.
0: 100%. And here's the thing, too, because people always say how much more explosive Jalen Warren is compared to Najee Harris. They call Najee Harris low as fuck. Yo, know, Najee Harris actually averages way more yards per carry compared to a Jalen Warren, who, to you know, Warren Warren's credit, he only he only gets three or five, six carries a game. Uh, but Najee Harris averages around like 4.7 yards per carry. And Jalen Warren from what we've seen at least this year, averages around 2.7 yards per carry. But how many yards per catch does he average? That's what that's what makes it different because Jalen Warren is by far, and a way, the better receiving back. And so looking forward, I think that this backfield Boy. is going to look a lot like Derrick Henry, Deion Lewis from, uh, you know, 2017, 2018 uh, yeah. Tennessee Titans.
1: Yeah, I could definitely see that.
0: You know, so Warren could get his work through the pass game. And the Steelers' offense should be something to watch with Mac Canada. Uh, But something else to watch is probably going to be the Cleveland backfield after that injury to Nick Chubb that we saw on Monday Night Football. Y'all. That was a tough watch. You probably saw it on the internet somewhere. Not really going to dive too much into it because we don't know the details as of Tuesday night. But uh, we saw Jerome Ford.
1: Jerome Ford, dude. Jerome Ford went off and I believe still got you guys 15 points or so if I think you started him, which I don't know how you would have guessed to start him some motherfuckers might have got lucky and did it but yeah dude pretty crazy i mean i think he's going to be the rb1 going forward i think that they did have kareem hunt uh in today for a visit so that's going to be something to look into because obviously he had just left this previously previous year um but assuming that a deal doesn't get done with him i believe that we're going to be looking at pierce strong probably as a strong number two back out of that backfield uh looked like he got some work uh, this past week as well and got you five points or so. So I could definitely see uh, Pierre Sharp being uh, strong too and Jerome and him just you know feeding off of each other throughout the game because both of them, I think, have around the same profile. That's at least what I had gotten from last year's draft when they came out. Um, so it's just going to be one of those things, man. I think it's going to be whoever gets the hot hand. So if you can get your hands on one of those two, I think that... They might be uh, all-right-fox position if you're scratching the bottom of the barrel a week or two.
0: Yeah, I like Kareem Hunt, and I think that y'all should go out there and, you know, put a bid in for him on waivers. Even if he's not the feature back, he'll get some work. And similar to past years in which he's gotten some work, I mean, he's been like a RB3 for you. So he has some upside in a system that now doesn't have Nick Chubb, who's an elite back. And he could be a little bit more involved than he has been in past years if he does sign with Cleveland. I'm probably comfortable spending 5% fab on Kareem Hunt uh, as of today, Tuesday, before he officially signs anywhere.
1: You know, realistically, if I'm going to be throwing fab on this guy, I'm probably going to be going closer like 20 or 30%. I mean, this guy could be an RB1 for your team going yeah. forward. I mean, it's not like this guy has been working out or trying to get right, get ready. I mean, this guy has been waiting for his opportunity and... I mean, to think that he's going to the same team that he knows this exact offense for, that he can just slide right in, pause, and be the one. I, I think that there's no chance that you can't go out there and, you know, waste some dab on this guy when, if he was drafted, he probably would have drafted him around, like, the 10th round.
0: There were some motherfuckers who still drafted Cream Hunt like a couple of weeks ago, there's a guy in our redraft league who drafted uh, Kareem Hunt towards the end of the draft and just stashed him. Yeah. So, I mean, he's a stash. He's somebody who, if he's not stashed in your current leagues, you should go out there and put some kind of money out there for him. I think it should be maybe 5-ish percent just because he hasn't officially signed as of today. Uh, but go saying that if you guys are going to be aggressive, go out there and be aggressive and put shit 20% on it.
1: Well, I mean, especially if you are, you know possibly one of those owners of nick chubb who just got hit with a wrecking ball i mean you gotta go out there and be aggressive
0: that's my shit dude bro not a terrible song not terrible honestly and like they played it at the club and they always played it after like I don't know, like some hype ass song, and they would remix it and like fucking make it go crazy. and yeah, like some electronic got, shit they to they it. Got
1: a good remix. It was definitely a great song of Yeah, for but sure. But like the club in Manam was like cahoots. So like, oh, not not really, not really the club and you know that you're familiar with. No nah, vibes.
0: Nah. Yeah, no. Nah. I wouldn't go anywhere called Cahoots. But uh, speaking of Cahoots, uh, right now it seems like Cam Akers is out of Cahoots with the Rams, and Kyron Williams has been someone who's been going crazy. I think right now he's the number two running back in all of fantasy football.
1: Bro, the guy just dropped 25 points on the fucking 49ers. Yeah. Bro, how the hell do you go and do that? Like, it takes a motherfucker years and centuries of training and preparing for these defenses to go out and do this. And then Kyron Williams, who was an afterthought last year, comes in this year and says, oh, yeah, by the way, I'm just going to be dank, especially against the 49ers. Do you know who I am? It's crazy, bro. Like, I just don't understand it. I honestly started to fade the guy a little bit last year. Even when he was getting drafted, I was like, oh, that's kind of a throwaway pick. Like, I just didn't think him, you know, five nine coming out of Notre Dame was really going to be all that. And then he goes and does that thing. Like, I'm sorry, dude, but I have to put some respect on this guy's name. I picked him up in waivers in one of my uh, leagues this past week and didn't play him. And now, like, I look like an idiot because he scored 25 points. Yep. Yeah, so I guess you've shown me out twice now, Kyron Williams. Congratulations, man. Keep up the good work.
0: Yep. Kyron Williams is a steal. If you guys um, follow us on Twitter, on Instagram, at TheGumboPod, Uh, we told you that Kyron Williams was someone that you guys should be picking up On waivers last week, he popped out this week. And Sean McVay is showing his genius, man. He's showing his genius right now. definitely has. Between Kyron Williams and Puka Nakua, who's also, he's a wide receiver one, y'all. At least right now. We're talking about 28 targets in the first two games. If not more, 30 maybe I think it was. This dude's fucking explosive, man. And Sean McVay has basically turned nothing into something. He lost to the Niners, one of the best teams, a Super Bowl favorite by only seven points. With an offense that wasn't supposed to compete. I think the line in that game was seven and a half. So, I mean, moving forward in that wide zone offense, I think Kyron Williams, who runs a lot of outside zone, who runs a lot of his plays east and west, he's small, he's explosive, he gets up the field, he picks his holes properly. I think he has a lot of uh, potential in this offense. And without Cooper Cup, they're probably going to keep it on the ground a little bit more than normal.
1: Absolutely, but I think one of the ways that I think he's the most effective that he misses through the passing game. Mm -hmm. Like, this guy is also... One, he, I think he's going to get a lot more PPR than what we're assuming right now. I mean, I feel like right now he's just going to integrate the system fully. Mm-hmm. And what he was able to do last week, I mean, he was able to score once on the ground and I believe once through the air as well. Yep. I don't think that that's going to be something that's going to be, you know, too far off from what we're going to see as the norm for him. I think he's going to be the one on his team going forward. Like you alluded to at the beginning of this with Cam Akers, I'm assuming getting the boot.
0: Well, here's the thing. It's, it's
1: crazy. They're like, this guy's a beast so far.
0: I think what really serves Kyron Williams is the fact that the Rams don't really have any other running backs they like that much. Right. So, right. Kyron, even though he's only 5'9, 194, dude's getting goal line carries. He has three touchdowns in two games. And in those same games, he's only getting, in both games, he's only ran for 52 yards.
1: Sure. But I will say that, I mean, obviously, Sean McVay likes him. And like you said, he's showing his genius. Genius right now. So, I mean, one thing that you can bet on is good coaches. And like you said, there's not really much there right now. So, if you can grab onto those good assets of those good coaches, I would obviously say that you might have some superstars going forward.
0: Yeah. Same thing with Nakua.
1: Dog, I was so off on him, and you were so right. And I'll give you some respect for that. <laughs> we like to hear that. Let's go. Hey, bro. It was some shit, bro. You had the number one and the number two receiver against me this weekend. And... Oh. Uh, I'll say that that was pretty special, but yeah, to say that I thought that Puka Nikul was going to follow up his nine-catch game with a 15-catch game or whatever the hell it ended up being it absolutely blew me out of expectations and blew me out of the water, man. Congratulations on that play.
0: I appreciate that, brother. Um, Puka Nikul, he's a dog, man. He's the number three receiver in fantasy football, and we're all shocked by it. I mean, over the last two games, if you plan to have PPR leagues, this dude has scored you north of 32 points. Um, If you look at his advanced metrics, he's the number one wide receiver in terms of targets. He has the second largest target share amongst wide receivers, and he's actually number five in air air yards, which means that he's getting a ton of targets and they're actually traveling a fair distance. So this dude is getting a high volume of targets. He's getting those uh, targets down the field, and he has popped the fuck out, man. He has. 25 catches in two games is insane. That's some Justin Jefferson shit.
1: Okay, shit. It's even more injustice, Justin Jefferson. It's the most in NFL history, my friend.
0: He is the number three wide receiver with zero touchdowns scored. That is indicative of this dude gets a lot of targets, and he does a lot with those targets. And so he's someone that Sean McVay has shown, you know, can potentially fill that Robert Woods, if not more of a role, you know, moving forward with yeah. Cooper Cup. Uh, Cooper Cup, they say he's going to be back maybe week five. Do you think that's going to sustain? Do you think he's going to miss any more time? I don't know shit about the injury, but I guess what are your thoughts?
1: I mean, I don't know much about Cooper Cup's injury right now either. If I'm going to be honest, going into the season, I just didn't want much to deal with it just because it, it, I honestly feel like it's going to be one of those things that is going to linger just because of the hamstring. If you know anything about hamstrings, especially at the beginning of the year, they just fucking linger. Yep. It just happens, guys. So I think that you might have found a rising star with Puka this, the for this year. It's going to be crazy to think what happens if Cooper Cup does come back, though. I would assume he would probably slide off a little bit. But to think that he can't still withstand like a wide receiver 20 spot or even further up, I think could be in what you'd say in the realm of possibilities.
0: In the realm of possibilities. Uh, last thing on the Rams is right now they are 1-1, one and, one and they go out and they play the Cincinnati Bengals, who are 0-2 this week. Yep. Uh, I think that Sean McVay and the Rams are gonna be fighting hard to go ahead and, you know, stay on pace with the Seahawks out there in the uh, NFC West for that, you know, two spot within the division after the Niners. And I think that Pukanaku is gonna continue to see targets. He's a must-start next week against the Bengals.
1: Yeah, dude, I mean I'm kind of thinking the same thing with uh Kyron Williams right now myself. Like I said, I didn't play him this past week, but right now if you play in ESPN leagues, a different sponsor or a different uh utilizer of fantasy football. Uh, I believe he's supposed to be getting around 16.1 or something like that in half PPR leagues. I think that that's an absolute steal if you're going to be starting a white or a running back in either your running back spot or even your flex, which I have the opportunity of doing this past or this upcoming week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, man, I think that this team is is just going to keep rolling. We talked about the genius and the head coach, but we haven't really talked much about the quarterback yet. And I think Matthew Stafford being back there definitely helps his offense roll a little bit. It gets it into a different Year and it keeps it on schedule and on track.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think you even think back to Matthew Stafford in that weird time period with on Detroit. You know, after Calvin Johnson retired, but before he went to the Rams, and he played with a bunch of I don't want to say I guess you could kind of say random receivers, right? So he's used to elevating guys who the public doesn't know much about. Like, right, that's what he's had to do forever in Detroit. And so you add in the fact that you have an offensive genius within Sean McVay who, you know, runs a wide, a wide zone offense. Uh, he runs a, you know, he runs a bunch of like condensed formations. So Matthew Stafford's receivers don't really get pressed off the line of scrimmage. So right. it's just about catching these guys and the gaps within zones. Zones are things Stafford can identify quickly because he's been in the, in the NFL for like 15 years. Yeah. So he it's, it's just a precision game. It's a timing game. It's very similar to what you see out there in Miami with Tua who's another guy who I kind of want to get into because he looks on pace to maybe be another MVP candidate. We talked about, you know, Michael Parsons.
1: That guy is looking very good this year.
0: Uh, Tua kind of...
1: He's looking very, very good. I'm very excited for him. One guy on that team that I am a little concerned about is Jalen Waddle, but, I mean, he might have that concussion, but right now, if we're going to be talking about Tua, Tua's a fucking dog, guys.
0: He's a dog. And, like, that first game against the Chargers was crazy. Uh, last week against the Patriots, he still, you know, got a touchdown. He only had like 14 points in fantasy, but right now he's the QB six and that's coming off of a bad game next week against the Broncos, man. I like Tua a lot. He's also another must start for me. And another guy who we saw elevate his game to a whole other level this year is Tyreek Hill.
1: I don't think he's even elevating it, bro. He just, he continues to be Mr. Steady Eddie and just blows out of the water.
0: He lives in the end zone, man. He gets so many touchdowns. Uh, he, he, has, he, he has does. three touchdowns in two games. Yeah. So he's someone who's just getting down the field. He's getting yak like crazy. Whenever the ball goes in this direction, you expect a big play to come afterwards, mm-hmm. which has been the story of his career. But right now, he's the number one wide receiver in all of fantasy football. And once again, that's off of Tua coming off of a somewhat bad game. Yeah. Right. So Tyreek's a guy who I love a lot. That Jalen Waddle concussion, something that you guys are going to have to keep an eye out for.
1: But even if he's out this week, I mean, I feel like that just elevates Tyree Kill to another level. I mean, he's shown that you can't really guard him. Yeah, it's just crazy. So, I mean, if if Jalen Waddle's out, I mean, before his concussion this past week, Jalen Waddle was leading the Miami Dolphins in targets. Mm-hmm. So it's just one of those things to where if you got to shift those targets somewhere else, huh? I guess I wonder where they're gonna go.
0: Yeah, that's a fair, that's a fair assessment. And another guy who's actually starting to see you know an uptick of targets. Uh, is Romeo Dow, wide receiver for our our Green Bay Packers.
1: Yeah, dude, I mean, he pissed me off a little this week. I think he only got me about six and a half points in one of my leagues, which I wasn't too impressed by. I am happy to see that he is getting, you know, obviously leading the Packers in targets, I believe, but just wish he would have got a little bit more in production. I mean, we saw two rookies uh, get touchdowns from the Packers this week, which was cool to see. Just wish Dobbs would have been able to get one of them.
0: Uh, If you guys haven't heard about Jaden Reed, he is the sophomore receiver out of Green Bay. Or I'm sorry, the rookie receiver out of Green Bay. And Jaden Reed has been someone who I think has flown under the radar, but I do think y'all need to go out there and maybe trade for, include him in a trade package. He should not be on waivers at this point. But he's the 28th best wide receiver in fantasy football, and he is actually out-targeting Romeo um, Uh He
1: just told me that he was thanks oh yeah, what the
0: fuck yeah romeo Dobbs. i mean he's seeing an uptick like he's at eight targets over two games which isn't overly impressive but you know what i'm saying like it's it's progress but Jaden reed has 13 he had a really great game last week against the falcons and that whole like Opinion of rookie receivers sucking on the Packers. I think that was more existent in the old regime with our old quarterback. Uh, but with the Jordan Love, who's young, he's embracing his new young uh, receivers. I don't think that exists anymore. And we've seen guys like, uh, you know what I'm saying? Like Dontavian Wicks, Luke Musgrave come into this offense and kind of kind of turn up a little bit. Uh, Jordan Love, if y'all don't know, is actually the number two quarterback in all of fantasy football. Dugo, tell me how you... Uh... How do you feel about that?
1: I mean, it's definitely breaking every expectation that I guess I had as far as a, his production. Um, one thing I will say is we were at, we watched one of his plays earlier today where he uh, had one of his mishaps, which, I mean, obviously happens Where you're a young quarterback, you wish it doesn't happen. But other than that, man, I mean, this guy has played pretty much, you know, a damn near perfect performance, in my opinion. I mean, he hasn't made too much for mistakes really at all. I don't think he's turned over the ball at all himself. So, I mean, that's just one of those things where it's impressive, man. It's cool. It's great to see that. I mean, when he first came into the league, everything was kind of rusty. Didn't look all sure. Glad to see that, you know, he's able to come out here and actually show that he shows or it looks like he has what it takes to be a starter
0: in this league. He looks like a fucking superstar quarterback, in my opinion. Superstar
1: quarterback. Cool.
0: Yo, three touchdowns the last two weeks. He, I want to say, is amongst the league leaders, if not the league leader in passing touchdowns. And that's always zero interceptions. And, y'all, I know it's only been two weeks, so I know it's not a large sample size. Um, but against the Bears and the Falcons, I mean, he's looked great. We'll see what happens this week against a good New Orleans uh, Saints defense. Uh, but I'm starting Jordan Love with confidence this week. He's a smart decision maker. He doesn't really throw too many inaccurate passes, and it always feels like he makes the right read and the right play.
1: Yeah, man. I have I have him uh, being claimed in waivers in a couple leagues this upcoming week. I'm hoping I can snag him.
0: If you like a Mac Jones, if you like a Tua, if you like a um, a Brock Purdy, some, somebody who can like sit in the pocket and just you know throw darts jordan love can do that but he has such a nice arm that he does it even deeper down the field which has allowed him to see that number two overall quarterback ranking through two weeks because he's precise and he has the arm strength to you know um give his receiver some air yards and get those big plays yeah so jordan love love him moving forward he's great justin fields the bears um
1: don't love it dude he looks terrible out there He looks absolutely terrible. He doesn't look like he knows what he's doing. He looks indecisive. He looks like he thinks he understands what he's doing. He thinks he sees something. He definitely sees something, but he just doesn't throw the ball. It's just, it's terrible to see, man. I just, I'm just not sure if there's a coaching that's screwing him up or what's happening, but he just looks so unsure back there.
0: I won't make an official claim on him until I see what he does this week against the Chiefs. But through two weeks, he has more passing interceptions and touchdowns. And that was always something we kind of knocked him for. Uh, We said that this dude can't really throw the ball that well. And he's more of like a Russian threat. He's a YouTube highlight quarterback. And he was great for fantasy for a few weeks. And he still has the potential to be great for fantasy because he runs the ball. But in terms of real NFL play, he's he, he scares me a little bit because he doesn't process shit well. There's this stat that's going around all over the internet right now about how Justin Fields has the most sacks after having four plus seconds of you know what I'm saying time in the pocket. Like I said, dude, just indecisive. Doesn't process super super well. And like while I love his upside for fantasy football, if I own him in dynasty, I'm not exactly saying trade him away for like nickels and dimes on the dollar, but As much as his rushing upside is great for you, maybe this year, we'll see what happens next. If you're talking about long-term longevity in the league and as a starting quarterback who's going to continue to see snaps and opportunities, it's tough, man. Because the Bears have two first-round picks next year that are not only their first-round pick, but they have the Carolina Panthers first-round pick. And both of those could be top 10 picks. And this regime didn't draft Justin Fields. And next year is a great quarterback class
1: great
0: so in dynasty i'm not saying you trade him away for nickels on the dollar um uh, but i think you have to kind of start thinking about what your long-term plan is going to be at quarterback and you know um i think you have to give it a few more weeks but before that trade deadline you might want to make a decision
1: that makes sense bro so let's talk about this thursday night coming up before we head out for the weekend mm-hmm. uh i got brendan Iuka, my team Currently he's projected uh eleven and a half points. I believe that's in half PPR leagues. He's currently questionable. Not really sure if he's gonna play off of a short week like this. Do you think he's gonna be startable? If I throw him out there and he's not playing, I'm gonna be fucked. Or do you think that I should go out and start someone else? Um,
0: I don't think he's gonna play this week, truthfully. Okay. But even if he does play, I think you have to start him. Because if he's out there with all those weapons, if he's out there, he should be out there to, to do something.
1: So let me let me throw the question out to you this way, all right. Let's say got dinner reservation at seven twenty. Mm-hmm. That's when the game starts, right? Okay. I'm gonna be driving there before the game, so I'm not can I'm not gonna be able to see if he's gonna be playing or not. So it's gonna be I gotta start this guy at five PM or I gotta take this guy off of my roster, damn near. Or at least out of the starting role onto my bench.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I'm just going to ask you right now, John, what do you think's going to happen? Pressure time. What, what do I do?
0: If I don't know if he's playing, then I'm not starting him. So if I don't, like if he's a game time decision, that's really tough. Especially coming uh, off a short week, dude. It's going to be tough for him, I think. Because you can even look at, like, an Amari Cooper this week, who was also a game-time decision because he, uh, like, re-aggravated his groin or something like that during a Saturday practice. Yeah. And he still went out there and put up 90 yards this week because he's Amari Cooper. I think Brandon Ayuk is one of the best wide receivers in the NFL. And if he's on the field, he has an opportunity to make a big play. Okay. And if you don't have good replacement options, then you gotta play him, I guess. Uh that's a tough question, Dugo. To I mean, if he's playing, I'm starting him. If he's not playing, then obviously, you know, you would do the opposite. Makes sense. But um I think it's a big Christian McCaffrey Debo Samuel game.
1: Yeah, I don't doubt that either. I mean if if Ayuk does play, which right now I'm doubting. I mean, he's questionable right now, folks, at least right now, Tuesday night. But if I'm going to, you know, if I'm going to put money on it, I don't think he's going to play just off of a short week. They're already 2-0, and oh, and they have a long season ahead of them. I think that he could sit out one week, and they'd be all right with all the other weapons that they have.
0: Uh, another question for you, because Saquon Barkley... Uh, Is apparently going to be a game time decision this week. So he suffered an ankle sprain. They're calling it a quote unquote regular, you know, ankle sprain. Uh, Matt Breida and Eric Gray are two of the backups on the Giants. Who are you taking as, you know, a Giants player on Thursday night? Um, Who would you expect to, I guess, have a big game if Saquon Barkley misses?
1: So, I mean, out of those two, if I want to be real, I feel like I've seen Eric Gray more acclimated into the system, at least playing special teams and stuff like that. So I would assume that they would go with the guy who's probably a little bit more loose. Uh, so give me Eric Gray in that position.
0: Okay, cool, cool. I'm probably going to go Brita.
1: Okay, I can understand that with a veteran presence out there. You could obviously want that. I just feel Eric Gray probably fills all the, everything that you need as far as being a little bit more swifty. I think that he can pass block like a motherfucker as well from what we've seen with his days at Oklahoma. Um, I, I understand completely why you would say Brita. I just think at the end of the day, uh, Eric Gray might be getting some of those more, uh, you know, better possessions, better carries.
0: I could see him more getting goal down. line carries. I see, I see Eric Gray getting some goal line carries if they get down there. Uh, Daniel Jones kind of worries me a little bit because the last time he played an elite defense was week one. So two weeks ago, yep. uh, he played the Dallas Cowboys defense and that was the, uh, 40 to zero game. So now he plays the San Francisco defense, which has an even better offense than Dallas. So this team could get down early. Daniel Jones had a big week last week against Arizona in which he finished the week as the QB1. He had 26 completions for two touchdowns, one pick.
1: Dude, the guy had 250 yards and a half.
0: Yeah, that was pretty crazy. And Daniel Jones, I mean, he has that upside when he plays soft defenses. But I guess what do you think he does this week against the Niners on a on a short week.
1: Well, I don't think he's going to put up QB1 numbers again. I think that if something, I feel like he probably will end up putting, I bet he puts up around like 15 or 16 points. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, if you're starting him, it might not be the greatest start, but it's also like you referenced a really, really good defense. Um, I'd probably say, if anything, I might be more favorable to start Matt Stafford. Mm-hmm. You know, like, I mean, like Matt Stafford has just, if you ask me, he's been just better overall um and he's not going against the fucking 49ers and he just ripped apart the 49ers so I think Matt Stafford's gonna be one of those sneaky guys that you might be able to pick up on waivers still if you have a Daniel Jones as your QB1 you can go and grab him quick start him who who are the
0: Rams playing this week uh the Rams this week are playing the Bengals
1: yeah dude I think he could definitely rip out that secondary I mean everyone else has damn near so far so yeah I would like that
0: uh quick thoughts on the Bengals and their situation because I know you know joe burrows apparently might be hurt this week
1: yeah dude he might have his calf strain thing still going on allegedly he might have re-aggravated that um not loving it if he is out i mean i have jamar chase on one of my teams that would absolutely stink if he was out you know might not be the end of the world though obviously it's just one week folks but if you are looking for guys out there i think we probably have some sleepers that we could help you fill in
0: Yeah, for sure. And you know what? Let's actually go ahead and uh, talk about a quick couple of sleepers this week. Um, Because as we go into week three, I mean, some of y'all are 0-2, some of y'all are 1-1, and some of y'all are 2-0. But 66% of y'all, so those who are 1-1 or 0-2, you know, you got a big week coming up this week because it's going to be kind of the difference maker. Um, And so moving forward, uh, there's a couple of guys that I think are in tune for uh, a potential maybe big week. Uh, I like Kirk Cousins against the Chargers and what I think could be a shootout. Uh, They play Sunday at noon and the Chargers are, you know, they aren't really great on, they're not really great on defense, especially against the pass. Right. So I think Kirk Cousins could pop out for a big week at quarterback. Um, If I go to wide receiver, Mm -hmm. I kind of want to say, I think wide receiver, I'm going to go with Zay Flowers against the Colts. Uh, I think Lamar Jackson's going to show up and he's going to show Anthony Richardson how to do it. Okay. And I think the Colts are easy, you know, pass defense. Uh, they are towards the bottom of the league. Zay Flowers has been seeing a ton of targets from Lamar. He's seen 15 targets in two games. Uh, so I think that they could go out there and, you know, they could, um, they could put some numbers on the board. And then my final sleeper, because I know a lot of y'all are hurting that running back right now. Uh, my final sleeper this week is probably going to go ahead and be Kendra Miller uh, versus the Packers. They come, yeah. So we saw Jamal Williams get hurt. He potentially might be injured for this week. Uh, Alvin Kamara's on suspension for one more week. And Kendra Miller, you know, is going to be basically going against Tony Jones for RB1 carries. Tony Jones fell into the end zone twice this week, which is great. And a lot of us didn't expect that. But overall, in terms of efficiency, he didn't really look too too impressive, I guess. Um, So I think Kendra Miller, who, you know, the last two weeks was kind of recovering from that uh, preseason injury. I think he steps in, he gets work. Um, And he falls into the end zone this week. Uh, Dugo, you got any guys that um, you think we're sleeping on right now? I
1: mean, one guy that keeps coming to mind for me right now is Zonovan Knight. So he's going to be probably the running back two, I would assume, on the Detroit Lions this upcoming week.
0: David Montgomery's out.
1: David Montgomery is out. Obviously, you have uh, Jameer Gibbs there. You still have Craig Ronald Reynolds and everything. But I just feel like what we saw last year from Zoneman Knight out of that uh, Jets scheme, when, once he got playing time, he popped off. Mm-hmm. So I could just honestly see him getting into that same groove. Uh, let's wait to see what happens, though. I don't, I'm don't. i not sure exactly if we should be starting this week, but hold tight on that. Otherwise, I think that Solomon Ahmed or Solomon Ahmed, for the uh, <clears throat> for the Dolphins, I think that if he plays, he's going to be getting a touchdown this week. Uh, we've just been seeing a lot of Raheem Mostert and a lot of uh, A-Chain. If you ask me, it doesn't seem like A-Chain's fully out there quite yet, so I believe that Ahmed comes back and gets a touchdown.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: honestly, I think that Tony Jones probably continues his tear from the red zone. Uh, against the Packers this week, I could probably assume that he gets one touchdown as well. Mm-hmm. I don't want to keep shitting on the Packers, but I also think that Rashid Shahid could also get a couple, at least one touchdown this week as well. I mean, if you look at that Packers secondary, yes, they can lock some motherfuckers down. But one thing that they can't really defend are the deep passes, which Derek Carr and Rashid Shahid seem to have down perfectly right now. Uh, I could definitely see them being a game breaker at least
0: once. Yeah, Joe Barry needs to do some uh, some, adjustments, some adjustments on his uh, defense because last week was bad against the Falcons.
1: Yeah, one more sleeper for you guys, at least from the wide receiver position. Uh, right now, I'm seeing that Rasheed uh, Rice isn't getting a bunch of love out there. I mean, he hasn't really done a bunch, but I think that going into this week against the Bears, you could definitely see him having a big game out there, trying to get him acclimated, acclimated into the system. I like
0: that. I like that. I like Rasheed Rice a lot, y'all have probably heard me talk about him a little bit, Uh, but he's a second round pick. He's a second round receiver. Who's a rookie going into game three, um, you know, within this offense. And we saw how Travis Kelsey got banged up and that offense wasn't able to do shit. Yep. So I think it's going to be a priority over these next few weeks for the chiefs to go ahead and get a second guy integrated
1: absolutely absolutely
0: so i like rasheed rice definitely somebody to stash on your bench if you can afford it um but yeah i guess outside of that we hope you guys have a great week whoa
1: whoa 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 i got one more question for you before we head out okay so there's been one guy who i forgot who it was but someone asked me uh who if i thought that the patriots tight down was going to be popping off week one um, I said, oh, Hunter Henry? Yeah, I think he could probably go for a touchdown. Oh. So, motherfucker, week one ends up getting a touchdown. You know, just somehow five catches, 56 yards, and a toddy. And then week two, Buddy goes out for six catches, 52 yards, and a toddy again. I'm thinking if you guys aren't looking for a tight end, you guys might be stupid, because this guy might be a great flex position for y'all out there. Yeah. Go out, look for some Hunter Henry. Currently ranked tight end number two. Not really owned much at all, 34% of leagues at least. This is on ESPN, not really sure what van or what sleeper's looking like. Yep. But definitely underappreciated. Go out there, get you some Hunter Henry stock,
0: folks. The Patriots offense is unique. They run the ball, you know, kind of down your throats. They run a lot of two tight end sets. And in this new Bill O'Brien offense, they are tossing the ball up a lot more often. Um, And I guess with that, you know, higher volume of passes and with two tight ends being on the field more often, guys like Hunter Henry, uh, Mike Gusecki are getting a lot of opportunities. So,
1: well, I think more so Hunter Henry. I mean, two touchdowns in two games and you've seen, I mean, 11 catches, let alone how many targets it was Mm -hmm. as a tight end. I mean, I just feel like you might be a focal of that offense at that point.
0: Yes, he is. He's on the field a lot and they toss it up a lot. Um, And so Mac Jones likes his Hunter Henry. But, yeah, no, I actually like him, and I also think Logan Thomas is another sleeper at tight end, too.
1: Hopefully, if he gets healthy, I know that he just suffered a really bad hit. I believe he was uh, diagnosed with a concussion, so let's hope that he is back next week. But I do like Logan Thomas as well on that commander's offense.
0: Yep, yep, he's a dog, dude. And he's coming, you know, into a regime that has Eric the Enemy, who also... uh, you know, it was an OC for Travis Kelsey. Y'all. Cough, cough. Uh, but, yo, appreciate you guys tapping in with us for another week of Fantasy Football with Gumbo. Uh, we wish you all the best of luck in week three. It's a crucial week. Uh, crack a beer on Sunday for us. Um, until next week, my name is Ja.
1: Hey, it's Dugo. Appreciate y'all tapping in with those head tops.
0: With those head tops.